everybody, and welcome to Your Kind of Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew McKeithen. And today we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. And um, I have a concept for you that I want to share with you. It's called the Four Pillars of Radical Forgiveness. And um, we think about forgiveness and we ask ourselves, you know, man, what does it take to actually forgive somebody to let go of that emotion that they have a hold of us, you know, when it's really, really intense. And, you know, there's some kind of concepts that we can explore about this topic. So if there's somebody in your life that you're just really struggling with, um, that you're struggling to forgive, they've offended you, or they've done something chronically to you that you just can't get past, and you're constantly ruminating over and over and over. Uh, this, this episode's definitely for you. So, um, well, let's get started. Let's talk about some of this. So so when you don't forgive, you're actually chained to your past and you were the one who suffers. So that's kind of the baseline rule is that when you're not forgiving, you're the one that's suffering. The other person isn't. Uh, C.S. Lewis once said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And being able to forgive is one of the most heavily saturated topics of self-help there is. So like books like The Shack, The Kite Runner, The Storyteller, they all paint an p- excellent picture of the struggle that um, individuals have with the concept of forgiveness, you know, and even its limitations like The Sunflower. You know, that's a really cool book if you haven't ever read it. Um, kind of highlights, you know, the task that a Jewish concentration camp um, prisoner has when uh, he's called in to meet with his uh, a German counterpart who was in charge of the SS and patrolling the uh, the concentration camp in which he worked. The German prisoner, uh, I mean, sorry, the German soldier wanted forgiveness from the Jewish people. He wanted somebody to represent the Jewish people and he could tell his story to and how he kind of was led astray. And at the end of his life, he was dying. He wanted uh, at the end of the day, he wanted some forgiveness from a Jewish person. And so it kind of highlights like, you know, what it would take to forgive someone, even in circumstances extreme as that, which we've all been a little bit familiar with in our history classes. So. Probably one of the most radical examples, though, we can think of now about forgiveness. It came from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 22 to 34, where Jesus, after being tortured, mocked and hung on the cross is an example of what happens to those who defy the earthly authorities. Right. And um, so that was pretty extreme. And he decided to speak these words even when he was being tortured. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Uh, so that's pretty, pretty significant. And even if you don't consider yourself a Christian, there's true power in this example when you consider what it must have taken for those words to come out, given the circumstances. And one of the strongest reinforcers to my faith, particularly, was finally grasping what it actually meant when other Christians would say, uh, Jesus loved me so much he died for our sins. So as a child, you know, from being honest, I really struggled with what that meant. You know, how could someone die for my sins through an act of forgiveness and and more so how could this happen even if the event was in the past, ancient even. Um, It wasn't until I explored my inner nature myself that I learned what this actually uh, meant. So as a young man nearing the end of my military service, uh, I was actually brutally attacked uh, by some town locals on the day of my return from like an 11 and a half month deployment in Iraq. So I was eager to finally be in the good old USA again. I was out enjoying some well-deserved festivities with my shipmates. Um, when I had to depart for my ship to get some rest in preparation for duty uh, assignment that I had the next morning, uh, 
And so I was, as I was combing the streets looking for like an available taxi, uh, this was pre-Uber, uh, I encountered a group of men who looked a little odd, looked a little uh, like just troublemakers. You could just kind of tell. So immediately sensing that they were looking for trouble, uh, I, I kind of was on guard. And before I realized what was happening, I was in an aggressive altercation, which, you know, I tried to, with no avail, uh, defend myself, you know, lasting only a few mo- moments before being knocked down, um, kicked unconscious. Um, and I woke up in the hospital with, you know, a brain injury, a fractured uh, orbital socket, damage to my left eye, crushed sinus cavities, broken nose, dislocated and shattered shoulder. My humeral head was crushed in like 30%. And so the result was I had to get five surgeries uh, over the next six years, the VA um, and years of uh, mental and physical rehabilitation. So it was it was kind of a it was a big deal. You know, and after this event, I struggled with the concept of forgiveness, though. You know, even though I tried to forget the incident, you know, emotions of anger and frustration, they bubble up to the surface, you know, when encountering my new physical and mental limitations. So after years of being angry and frustrated about the events of my past. You know, things changed when I decided to kind of dedicate my life to God. So what started as a genuine curiosity of what uh, convicted so many other people about genius turned into a, like a real relationship. I discovered I could learn about what God had to say about the topic of forgiveness and who better to learn from, right? Right. So by absorbing God's wisdom through the teachings of his one and only son, I decided to take action. I dedicated my life to learning what I could about this topic and use this knowledge and experiences for the good of others. So from these experiences, I've learned forgiveness can be best accomplished by understanding four principles. And I call these the four pillars of forgiveness, radical forgiveness. Uh, like the corner pillars of any strong temple, these truths can offer support and, and stability. So let's look at the first one, right? Forgiveness is not forgetting. I think that's really important that we realize that. We can easily adopt the belief that one way of letting go of our anger or problematic thoughts is associated with events in our past is letting them go, attempting to forget all about them or put them in the past. However, this not only could be kind of arduous, you know, for us, it really is not that helpful. So when we bury things in our past, they don't leave. They simply just sit idle in our subconscious. And then the repressed emotions associated with the memories of our past seep out into our daily lives in unhealthy ways. So we have to really be on guard, but it's not, it isn't forgiving, but let's see what else it isn't. So forgiveness is not, number two, forgiveness is not reconciliation of the past. So another concept to keep us entangled in our struggle uh, with forgiveness is the belief that we can fix the events in our past in order to increase our ability to let go of them. And so forgiveness is not dependent on reconciliation. Though reconciliation in the past can be achieved in, in some circumstances, right? You know, you talk to your dad about things he used to do when he was a kid and he asked for forgiveness. And he genuinely tries to understand. Yeah, good. You know, in other words, if the, if the person who hurt you is no longer living, though, it would be impossible to repair and fix that past. However, the person, if they're willing to communicate and work on the, the, the relationship, you know, all the better, you know. But the forgiveness process is not dependent on someone there to reconcile the actions with you. That's what we want to talk about. Forgiveness is really an internal process. And that leads me to the next point, number three, that forgiveness is understanding. So one of the biggest tools at our disposal is our ability to think objectively at moments when our emotions attempt to dictate our actions. So for the same reason that a child eventually learns, it's not 
it's no longer effective to throw tantrums and uh, to get a desired toy. We learn as adults by controlling our emotions, we can become more effective in almost all aspects of communication. So um, it's our ability to look at events in our past from just like another angle, another perspective, taking on others' perspectives into account. This does not necessarily mean taking on the other person's beliefs into account or thinking that those perspectives will fix the situation. However, it's key. It's a key element into the forgiveness process. So we need to be able to see that there's another person, another perspective than ours, in which will in turn offer like a more comprehensive view. We do this by speaking directly with the person, if possible, consulting you know them with family and friends. We can talk to them. Uh, we can pray about it. We can meditate on it or by allowing us time to perform its ultimate healing by just offering us space to reflect. So there's that. And the last thing is number four is forgiveness is inner healing. So Jim Rohn, a motivational speaker, uh, he has an excellent speech. I love it related to this. He said, you know, one day, this is Jim Rohn speaking here. One day I dropped my keys on the way out the door as the power simultaneously went out of my house. So, you know, I'm doing what anybody would do. Just I'm searching in the dark with my keys. And I noticed that the only light coming in is a single light post down the street, which caught my eye. Um, So I decided to look out there. Upon looking for my keys under the light, a neighbor asked me and inquired, like, Jim, what are you what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm looking for my keys. So he was obliged to help me search. He asked, you know, well, I was looking around. Where did you have them last? And I replied, oh, I dropped them in the the house right before the power went out in my kitchen. Wait, what? Now, you can imagine the bewilderment on his face when he asked, well, Jim, what the heck are you doing looking out here for your keys? To which I replied, well, this is where the light is. So as Jim points out, that is so often what we do with our problems. We tend to fix our, our attention and shine our light on the outside world and tell ourselves that the only solution to our problems, it's somewhere externally outside of ourselves. However, our healing truly comes from within. Think of a cut, right? You get a cut on your arm and, you know, you put some like bacteria, antibacterial virus and solution. Does that actually heal it? No, it just keeps it from getting, it's a, a barrier to keep it from getting infected. But the healing comes from within, in the body. And so it's the same with emotional healing. Now, this is not to say, though, that we can't receive physical healing externally. Of course we can, right? Like, let's look at Jesus again. We're using him as an example. You know, he proved that during his three-year ministry, right? Performing several miracles of healing. So, however, with forgiveness, the healing is internal. It's in our heart. So we can truly, we when we truly forgive, we may still remember. Uh, we may not have the opportunity for reconciliation, but the shackles that bind us to the pain and the suffering related to our past, they're no longer there. We truly let go. So when we understand these concepts and continue to struggle with the events in our past, it may be helpful to follow Jesus's example. He had every human reason not to forgive those who strung him up on the cross. However, he chose to anyway. So when we decide to forgive others, it's an act of service to ourselves. Because when we don't forgive, it's a suffering unto ourselves. We're the one that suffers. Does that make sense? Hopefully. So sometimes that act can have a ripple effect. 
which can later impact us in ways in which we can't imagine. Look at what happened after Jesus's radical act of forgiveness. It completely reshaped the entire globe where billions of people follow him now. And it's done so for over 2,000 years. So releasing someone from the act they commit while here on earth, even if they are unwilling to change and realize their actions and impacts on people around them, is an element of love, the ultimate form of love. And it's so healing. When you choose to forgive someone, you release them from the act they committed while they're on earth. And you free yourself from the binds that chained them because you're ultimately giving them up for love. So when we express love to others, despite their injustices, the pain and suffering will have no more power on our hearts because love is the highest frequencies, the highest vibrations, the highest emotion, and it can replace and tear down other emotions. So the key to really healing is letting love fill that space. Hope that helps. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you later.